We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, the topic is very simple. Science. I'll say it one more time. Science. What is it, and how do you define it? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's show. Thanks for listening into The Rebellion. As I said in the introduction, today's topic is very simple. The topic is science. How do you define it? What is science? I mean, we're hearing it all of the time in today's news. Follow the science. Dr. Anthony Fauci says, I am science. People who dare to raise their hand and ask a question are accused of being science deniers that they're somehow anti-science. Well, on today's show, I want to discuss this topic. And I'm, I'm going to do it in the context of a story I shared with you last week. This Senate hearing that Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin called so that he could hear the evidence related to the COVID interventions. He wanted to review the data. He wants to look at the evidence. He wants to hear the facts. He's doing what I would argue any good scientist would do. He's opening up the debate. He's not shutting it down. So on today's show, again, the topic is science. What is it? How do you define it? And are you a science denier if you dare to ask a question? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. Before we get into the topic for the day, remember that if you would like to subscribe to The Rebellion, I obviously encourage you to do so. And you can do that by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. That's patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. Now, when you do that, if you do subscribe at $20 or more per month, you can subscribe for less if you wish or a lot more if you'd like to. But if you subscribe at $20 a month, you get a free copy, autographed copy, of my first book, Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. And as you know, that's a book where I'm taking on the progressive establishment. Those that used to claim to be liberal... But I said then, and I'll say it now, they really never were because they didn't believe in liberty. They didn't believe in freedom. It's the conservative who's classically liberal because we're out there fighting for academic freedom, for intellectual liberty. We're the ones saying, leave us alone. We just want to live our lives. Liberals should believe in liberty. Progressives obviously don't. And I think the COVID Lunacy proves my point there, the cult of COVID. Uh, 
So anyway, subscribe to The Rebellion. Go to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. So today's show, science. Maybe we could label today's show science or compliance. Just keep those two words in your mind as I proceed with the rest of the show. Is it science or is it compliance? And are science and compliance antithetical? Are they opposite to one another? If compliance is demanded out of a group of people, can they pursue science? Or is science crushed by the demand for compliance? Think about that. Ask yourself that question while I proceed here. So I I shared with you last week this story about Senator Ron Johnson, the Republican from Wisconsin, who called a hearing on January 24th, just a week ago, Monday, January 24th. And the reason for calling this hearing was to discuss COVID interventions. He wanted to get the data. He wants to know the facts. He, he called a hearing so that people could come in and testify as to what's going on out there in culture. Is there any sample group? Is there any subpopulation that we can look at to see what's happening as the result of the interventions that the government is telling us to use, that Dr. Anthony Fauci is imposing upon the American people, uh, that Joe Biden, etc., is telling us that we have to use. Uh, specifically, we're going after the mRNA inject- injections. Excuse me. So the testimony was more specifically directed at the military's practice of requiring the mRNA injections of our nation's soldiers. Now, notice I'm calling it the mRNA injections. I'm not calling it a vaccine because technically, scientifically, it's not a vaccine. This is an mRNA injection. And as you know, all of our soldiers, all of our sailors, all of our pilots, all of our military are now being required to take this drug. So Senator Johnson's goal in this hearing was really quite simple and straightforward. He wanted to learn, listen to me now, he wanted to learn what the available data shows concerning this new drug's efficacy and the potential side effects from this new drug. Shouldn't you want to know that? If you watch any commercial for a drug on TV, you're going to hear them give you that disclaimer, the disclaimer of side effects and things that could happen. They, the risk may be low, but these things could happen if you take this drug. Shouldn't you want to know that about any drug, the side effects and the efficacy? How effective is the drug? Well, that was what the senator was asking in this hearing. Now, why is this important? Well, it should be pretty obvious. It's pretty simple. We need to know if the men and women charged to defend our country are healthy enough to do so. Now remember, we're talking about this hearing being conducted because the military requires all of our soldiers and sailors and pilots, all of the personnel in the military are now required to take this drug. And the reason for the hearing is we need to know if the men and women charged with defending our country, the military, are healthy enough to do so. Another way to say it is a sick sailor, a down pilot, or a bedridden infantryman 
would probably be of very little value if we needed to go to war, right? Well, it shouldn't surprise any of us to learn this. I didn't know this, but it's pretty logical. I learned as a result of reading this story on this uh, hearing, the Ron Johnson hearing, that the United States Department of Defense, they know all this. They've been tracking every illness of our military members for decades. And they've actually compiled and analyzed a, a corresponding database. And this is a good idea because the reason they're doing this is so that they can share the information with our government leaders. So they track all the illnesses, they track the health of the military, and then they share that information with our government leaders in the White House and uh, Congress and Center for Disease Control, for example, so that all of those people that are making decisions on national security can have confidence as to the health of our military. Is our defense strong or is our defense sick is another way to say it. This, this database actually even has a name. It's called the Defense Medical Epidemiology Database. The D-M-E-D has an acronym, just like everything else in the government has an acronym. The D-M-E-D, the Defense Medical Epidemiology Database. And as I read this story, as I investigated, as I did my research for this show, it seems that this database has traditionally been ex considered very accurate and very complete and very effective in tracking and detecting any compromised health trends in our military population. So in other words, this database allows us to keep an eye on our military as to whether or not it's healthy or whether or not it's sick. The trends. Now, You'd think, wouldn't you? You'd think that whether you're a conservative or a liberal, a Democrat or a Republican, that you'd want to know, wouldn't you? You'd want to know if the numbers in this database were screaming of a problem. Wouldn't you want to know? I mean, after all, politics shouldn't matter when it comes to science, right? Shouldn't matter. Party affiliation shouldn't matter when it comes to science, when it comes to data, when it comes to facts. For example, let me just throw out a th few things here. R regardless, regardless of your party affiliation, wouldn't you want to know if the United States Army or Navy or Air Force or Marine Corps, wouldn't you want to know if they were experiencing a near 300% increase in cancer? Cancer cases during the first 11 months of 2021 compared to the previous five-year average? Wouldn't you want to know that? And wouldn't you want to know if there was a similar increase? Again, approximately 300% greater than the previous five-year average? A similar increase in miscarriages? And wouldn't you think it's it's noteworthy if the same exact stats, the same database showed that there was a 1,000% increase in neurological disorders in the same time frame compared to the previous five-year average? And wouldn't you want to know if there was a 200, I think it was 260% increase in cardiovascular diseases? Same database, same stats, same time frame. Same increases over the same time. 
previous five-year average. And, and here's another kicker. What if at the same time, the same set of statistics showed that 71%, 71% of all new COVID cases in the military come from, here it comes, the fully vaccinated. Not the unvaccinated. It's not a pandemic in the military of the unvaccinated. 71% of the new COVID cases are in the fully vaccinated. And 60% of all hospitalizations for COVID are from the same group. Vaccinated. Now, so my question is this. If you're genuinely pro-science, today's show is on science. If you're genuinely pro-science, and if you consider facts nonpartisan, which I would think if you're pro-science, you would, wouldn't you want to be aware of all this? And, and here, if you had an attorney who had been s- contracted, secured, hired to represent these people, all these soldiers and sailors and pilots, all of these military personnel who are suffering from these maladies that I've just described, if you had that attorney shouting at this Senate hearing under penalty of perjury, quote, this is corruption at the highest level. We need, we need investigations. Our soldiers are being experimented on, injured, and possibly killed. Close quote. Wouldn't you feel some obligation to listen and to attend to this matter? If all of this stuff was being shared with you. If you ignored it, if you dismissed it, would you be a scientist or would you be a science denier? Now, I'm not a medical doctor. I've said that a hundred times on this show. But I do have some experience with research. I mean, you don't get your PhD unless you do your research. Or at least not when I did my PhD. I don't know if they make you anymore. Sometimes I wonder when I see people that have doctorates today. Did you did you do anything? <laughs> did you, what did they teach you about research? And statistical analysis. I, but anyway... I had to go through that. So as any good researcher does, I understand that correlation does not always mean causation. This is very important. We need to be careful of implying correlation and causation. Um, Just because the rooster crows every every morning doesn't mean he causes the sun to rise, right? That's the classic classic, um, description of the fallacy of correlation and causation. Just because the rooster crows doesn't mean he's causing the sun to rise. There is a correlation there, but that doesn't mean the rooster is causing the sun to come up. So I understand that. We need to be careful of correlation causation fallacies here. But I also know, as any good researcher does, that when you see extreme statistical anomalies, like 300%, 300%, 260%, 1,000% increases, it's a good idea maybe to ask what caused those anomalies, isn't it? I mean, if you're honest at all, any honest person is going to look at a 300 to 1,000% increase in miscarriages, cancer, neurological disease, etc., and ask, ask this 
question. Is there any mitigating variable that could have caused this? <laughs> right? For example, have our frontline soldiers been exposed to Agent Orange? Have they taken part in nuclear experiments? How about asbestos? Maybe they've been exposed to asbestos. And they've inhaled it. Or, or maybe there's some, maybe we've started using thalidomide again. I mean, it, shouldn't you ask these questions? If there's Agent Orange out there, it's causing cancer. How about uh, inhaling asbestos? We know it causes lung cancer. How about, has uh, something been going on in nuclear experiments? Is that what's causing these anomalies? And you remember thalidomide, don't you? We actually asked good questions. We saw that there was a, a rise in children, babies being born, an increase in the percentages of kids that were born with no hands or no feet, no arms, no legs. And because of science asking good questions, we figured it out. It was thalidomide. Likewise, we figured things out with regard to the use of Agent Orange in asbestos. So here's the point. Science encourages questions. This I said I was going to define science for you. Well, here it is. Science encourages questions. It doesn't stifle them. Science rewards critical thinking. It does not punish it. Science doesn't sidestep inconvenient data. Science doesn't entertain hyperventilated power plays. Science is the exact opposite of censorship and shaming and silencing. That's important. I'm going to say that to you again. Listen to what I just said in terms of what science is. Science encourages questions. It doesn't stifle them. Silence rewards critical thinking. It doesn't punish it. Science doesn't sidestep inconvenient data. Science doesn't entertain hyperventilated power plays. Science is the exact opposite of censorship, shaming, and silencing. Science, real science, is the pursuit of truth. It's very critical for you to get your mind wrapped around that. You pursue truth. Pursue it. You go out and grab it, find it, learn more about it. Science is the pursuit of truth. Science is the search for what is real. Science, science is about facts. It's not about fear. Science is rational and it's level-headed. It's the opposite of, it's the antithesis of, the smug virtue signaling about what you wear on your face or this near evangelistic fever. Evangelistic fever of posting, we can do this, on our social media. Yep. When you see, when you see these disproportionate increases in disease and disorders and dysfunction, why not be open-minded about it and at least ask if there's a mitigating variable that might be causing all this stuff? One way to look at it is this. If no one was drinking Kool-Aid before now, 
if, if Kool-Aid didn't even exist until the last 24 months, and then all of a sudden, everybody was drinking Kool-Aid because you were told you had to. If no one was drinking Kool-Aid before now, but now 71% of all of those coming down with an illness can be traced back to those who are drinking this red liquid, wouldn't any good scientist want to ask if maybe... Maybe, just maybe, this requirement that we all belly up to the bar might be causing more harm than good. 71% of the new cases of COVID being reported in the military are those who are drinking the Kool-Aid. And at the same time, you're seeing 300 to 1,000% increases in these illnesses. Shouldn't you be asking Questions about the Kool-Aid. So here, here's my point. When you hear all these people crying, all of these cries of outrage because someone like Senator Ron Johnson or Senator Rand Paul, both medical doctors, I might add, both who know a lot more about this stuff than I do or many of you listening, both who might know just as much as his grand and glorious Dr. Anthony Fauci. When you hear people trying to silence them, when you hear outrage, when you hear condemnations of these people, or even people like Joe Rogan for that matter, because all they wanted to do was simply ask good questions, review the data, follow the evidence wherever it led, maybe, just maybe, all of these cries of outrage are evidence that it never was about science. It never was about science, but rather compliance. Compliance is the opposite of science. Saying, I am science, claims that the, sci the science is settled. This is nonsense. Science is about asking questions. Again, the definition of science. The definition of science is that you ask questions. You don't stifle them. You reward critical thinking. You don't punish it. You don't sidestep and politicize inconvenient data, data that might contradict what you wanted it to say. And you don't go around exercising power plays. Anytime you see somebody who seems to be more interested in holding on to power rather than pursuing the truth, they're not a scientist, they're a politician. And calls for censorship and this shaming and this silencing and this deplatforming of Rand Paul and Ron Johnson and even Joe, Joe Rogan. I mean, that's not science. That's not about facts. That's more about fear. It's virtue signaling. It's, it's the opposite. One of the stories I've read to you over and over again, one of my favorite stories from the writings of C.S. Lewis is a great way to summarize today's show. 
It's from, it's from The Great Divorce, where C.S. Lewis is challenging his own. He's challenging the arrogant scientist, if you will, the academic, the person who thinks he knows it all, and that any questions of his knowledge, of his conclusions, are somehow stupid and off base. And C.S. Lewis challenges that arrogant person. And he says this, this is what Lewis is saying to the arrogant academic, to the Anthony Fauci's of the world, to the Deborah Burks's of the world, to those people that say, follow the science, the science is settled. No, 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 no. That's an antithetical, that's an antithetical claim to say the science is settled. Lewis says this to those people, our opinions were not honestly come by. We simply found ourselves in contact with a certain current of ideas, and we plunged into it because it seemed modern and successful. You know, we just wanted to automatically start writing the kind of essays that won applause and saying the kind of things that got good marks. Does that sound familiar? That's what you're seeing today. These people just want to get applause. They just want to say things that get good marks. They've jumped into a certain current, a flow, a river of ideas because it seems modern and successful. And then he goes on and he says this, you and I, we knew that we were playing with loaded dice. We didn't want the other to be true. We were afraid of ridicule. We were afraid of being criticized by the spirit of the age. Sound familiar? Having allowed ourselves to drift, unresisting, unpraying, accepting every half-conscious solicitation from our desires, we reached a point where we no longer believed. Belief what? The truth! reached a point where we no longer believed anything because we were buying all of this garbage and we just wanted to be popular. We were afraid of ridicule by the spirit of the age, of a breach with the spirit of the age. And then he concludes by saying this, once you were a child, once you knew what inquiry was for, there was a time when you asked questions because you wanted answers. You have gone far wrong. Become a child again. Thirst was made for water. Inquiry was made for truth. That's good stuff. Lewis is saying, we used to ask questions because we wanted answers. Become an innocent child again. Ask. Ask why. And he's reminding us that if there's something that hasn't been satiated like thirst... It's probably evidence that there's something out there that will satiate it, like water. Thirst was made for water. Hunger was made for food. Questions were made for truth, to pursue it. Questions in the pursuit of truth. That's what science is. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.